It's a beautiful day in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My name is Michael Biermeister, and we have a great show today for the college tailgate. It's all about 15 minutes of football. We've got the man, the brains, the balls, Grant Becker, the man, the myth, the legend. Would you like to make some remarks? Uh, well, that was probably the nicest introduction anyone's ever given me. And I'm assuming we're talking about soccer balls. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I mean, this is what this podcast is all about. So what we're doing here today is uh, a new thing, episode one, 15 minutes of football. We're going to start a timer, count ourselves down. We're mm-hmm. going to talk 15 minutes of football, so we're in and out nice and quick. Uh, we've got a great show today. We're talking a lot of Premier League. So, Grant, should we start the clock? And Let's do it. Here, I will click the start button right now okay so we are going we're going all right oh god oh god that's like that time but anyways go barclays premier league big weekend this past weekend Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of action going on we'll start off with uh we'll just recap a couple of the games beautiful outcome there for the tottenham hotspurs yeah that was a big win and uh they're the beneficiaries of two fortunate refing decisions uh, early <laughs> one one early in the season against Manchester City and then again in this match against Manchester City and uh City really turned it up after the penalty was given mm-hmm. um Spurs only allowed one goal and a, and a really big onslaught from Manchester City which was a good result and then Eric Lamella just a beautiful drive a beautiful pass Christian Eriksen the first touch that fooled Joe Hart who had come out because he assumed I mean he assumed it would be a big touch off a pass like that, and Erickson just slots it past him. So a big win for Spurs, and a big win that morning for Arsenal. Yes. Uh, which Spurs had to keep pace with. So it was kind of this, Arsenal gets the result, now they're ahead of Tottenham. Tottenham have to win against City, which is a difficult result. Vincent Company back in the lineup. City's defense has been significantly better with him in it. Uh, as much as he's struggled over the past 18 months or so, their defense is much, much better when he's on the field. Uh, they shielded, they moved Yaya Torre out of the defensive midfield and put him up at the 10. So a couple nice tactical decisions from Pellegrini made it much more difficult for Spurs than a few teams have had against City recently, even though they've been struggling. So two really big results from the teams from North London this weekend in the Premier League, and that puts them two points behind Leicester City, who are still in first place. Pints all around for Leicester City. I'm going to visit one thing before we move on. Can we talk a little bit about how quietly good Harry Kane has been on the second half of the season? Holy cow. Mm-hmm. He started off slow. It was a tough start for him. Um, now he's just slowly building and building, and he's already back in the golden boot race, you know, behind right. the famed Jamie, the legend Vade. But other than that, Harry Kane has been killing it right now. Yeah, and, and Kane's done, I think, he's been a lot less heralded this season, but he's done a lot more work. And, I mean, maybe it's the uh, the jersey change. He swapped his number. Now he's number 10. And he, he gets a, a little bit more involved in the creation rather than just being on the finishing end of things. And early in the season, he was t- he had as many chances. He had as many shots as last year. Finishing rates vary. That's how soccer works. That's how you see Sergio Aguero go from 26 goals to 18, you know, one season to the next without a whole lot of differential in games played or chances created or whatever. Just some days the goalie has it. Some day your finishing isn't on. Um, Early in the season, Kane's finishing wasn't there. Now it is. Uh, he's involved in everything Spurs do. He's a danger man all the time. And their creation's been a lot better as the season progressed, too. Early on, Nasser Chadley was in the lineup every time. Nasser Chadley's not a great creative player. He's a guy who's mm-hmm. there to put the ball away when he has a chance. And he's a fine player, but Spurs are better without him in the team. Moussa Dembele's really, really turned it on this season. Deli Alley's been good. And so mm-hmm. there's been more chances for Kane, more good chances for Kane. And, yeah, like you said, this second half of the season, he's really come on. And people haven't talked about it too much, but no. uh, he's, been, he's been great. The quiet assassin. Anyways, we're moving on. Sunderland, Manchester United. What is going on with the United? I mean, they're still in the race right now, mm-hmm. still in the top five. 
But losing a game to Sunderland, oh, that's got to hurt. Yeah, it doesn't get a whole lot worse than that. Sunderland, Aston Villa's been terrible, but Sunderland are the worst team in the Premier League. And you can never have a result like that. Not sure how long Louis Van Hall holds this job. You would imagine they would want to hold him on for the rest of the season, but I can't anticipate that happens if you lose to Sunderland too often. See, they're 10 points back now of fourth place. Or of, of, of third place. They're six points back of Manchester City, but it feels like an insurmountable six points. They look locked into the Europa League if they can hold on to that. And I just don't think that they have anything going for them. Wayne Rooney's out now. Yeah. He finally found form, and now he's hurt. Um, Memphis Depay's been terrible. I, I just don't see much going for this team. See, certainly seems like it's falling to shambles. Anyways, we're going to move on to Chelsea thrashing Newcastle United 5-1. Mm-hmm. to one. Any hope that they can work their way back up the table, or should all their focus go to Champions League? Yeah, I'm going to touch on Chelsea a little bit later once we get into some of these numbers that I've got for you. But Chelsea, uh, they've been talked about. They've had a rough season. They still have a chance to climb right back up. I'm not counting them out of the Europa League race. The point differentials are narrow in this table. And uh, I'd be surprised if Chelsea didn't continue some of this form. And that could be dangerous in the Champions League, too, which we'll also talk about. Absolutely. Getting on to the next one, you mentioned Arsenal taking out Leicester City. With this title race shaking up, Grant, how do you feel that Leicester City is going to finish? If I had to bet, I would say Leicester would finish third. But I really genuinely believe that they're a real threat to win the title. I think they've been the best team for the entire season. And they lost to Arsenal because of a silly red card. I, I, I genuinely believe that had Danny Simpson not picked up that second yellow in the 54th minute, that Leicester go on to win that match. And we're talking about them potentially running away with this thing. So I still think that they should probably be the favorites. But uh, Arsenal are the best team in the top four. Yep. And they have the most talent. I think, I, th- I, think there's, I think City have the best roster. I think Spurs have been the most consistent and have the best defense. I think Arsenal are the most dangerous. But Leicester have been the best. So I think there's every team has a case to make. I think Arsenal should be the team that puts it together and wins it. But I, I am not going to bet against Leicester City at this point. I, I think they were unlucky because of that red card not to get a win on Sunday as well. I'm going to slot a final four for you right now that I'm thinking. Starting out at number one, I'm going to call the Cinderella story. Cinderella's going to find her slipper. Leicester City's going to take mm-hmm. it home. Tottenham with the second-place finish. Arsenal drops to fourth, and Manchester City falls into that third spot. I could see that happening as well. You never know what's going to happen with Arsenal. They could go on this huge run. They could go slip and drop games to West Brom and Sunderland and all of a sudden be fourth. So I could see that happening. One more game to visit on here in Premier League. This man, the German, Jurgen Klopp, Bringing a thrashing for Liverpool over Aston Villa. Aston Villa acting like that Jason Voorhees. Every year they're towards the bottom of the table. I think this is the year that they're finally put out of their misery and the series ends. That was 6-0, to zero, Grant. Holy mm. cow. Yeah, it was an absolute thrashing. And kind of starting to see Jurgen Klopp make an impact at Liverpool. Their team sitting in eighth right now. They're only three points out of fifth place behind Manchester United. I would anticipate... Liverpool climbing right up into there. There's a lot of teams, though, in that area. I think Southampton's just as good, if not better, than Manchester United. I think Liverpool is better. Roberto Firmino, at the beginning of the season, was supposed to be the signing of the offseason. Hadn't done much. Klopp comes in, finds the right role for him, and he's been stellar for them. I think he's at the heart of what they're doing right now, and they'll. Con- I think they're going to continue to do that. This is a statement from Liverpool. Yes, absolutely. And we can brand that as Grant. We're going to head into a little bit of your stat mm. attack. Hit him with the stats from this past weekend. Yeah, okay. So big Sunday, like we talked about. First time in eight years that the top four have all played against each other. So you had 
two top four teams in one matchup and two top four teams in another matchup, all four playing each other, uh, which hadn't happened in eight years. Uh, the other thing I want to take a look at is we're going to get into some advanced numbers here. So on this season, uh, expected goals, I don't know how much everybody knows about expected goals. A quick summary is it's essentially a grading of how great the chances your team creates are and how many goals you would be expected to score based on the chances created. And those ch chances are graded based on where the shot is coming from, where the pass is coming from, and what type of pass it is. And so there's a lot of stuff that goes into this algorithm. But anyway, what this shoots out is it tells us that Arsenal have been expected to score the most goals in the league this year, but they won't, they, they're expected to score nearly 49 goals. They've only scored 39. So you would imagine that they're, they'll regress towards that mean at some point they'll start scoring more goals here, which makes Arsenal dangerous down the stretch. Leicester City, fifth in expected goals. So these underlying numbers say that this isn't just some crazy run of form, right? Crazy finishing. It's been better than average finishing, but it's not unbelievable that Leicester City are sitting in first place. The reason Tottenham are in second place right now is because their defense has been unbelievable. They've gone up the least goals in the Premier League, and expected goals would tell you that that's what should be happening right now. Um, and I think the most interesting thing that I see here is shots on goal differential. I think is really important. So how many goal, how many shots are you putting on goal more than your opponents? Tottenham Hotspur put 87 goals, 87 more shots on goal than the teams they've played against this year. The next closest is, is plus 55 for Manchester City. And I think that's why Spurs have really separated themselves and will continue to do so. I think that's how Tottenham can win the title is they can continue to put more shots on goal than the other team. That's the best way to score is to put the ball on the net. Teams that take a lot of shots are Manchester City and Liverpool, but they don't put nearly as many shots in goal as Tottenham does. So those are my numbers that I've got for you this week. We'll, we'll have more next week. Grant, I think you should have a beer after that because that was extremely fast, and I'm really impressed about all the stats, but we're going to switch things over to Champions League. Pretty interesting week here. I'm going to start with one of the bigger games, PSG-Chelsea 2-1. to mm -hmm. Edison Cavani with a beautiful finish at the end of that game. Uh, Chelsea, though, looking like a lot of creativity has been lost. Obviously, the loss of Eden Hazard. I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot going on. That back line is dwindling with John Terry. Mm -hmm. uh, Gary Cahill and Kurt Zuma are going to have to learn to play together better. But anyways, 2-1 results. What can we expect out of this Chelsea team? Can they bring home a victory at home? I mean, they are one of the wild cards usually in Champions League. Mm -hmm. Let's see. What do you think? They picked up a very important away goal, and I expected PSG to run away with this match. I expected a 2-0, 3-0 victory, and it was pretty back and forth. I think Chelsea were probably actually the better team in that match, but PSG's finishing was great, and uh, unhealthy Maria, that ball he played into Cavani was really, really special. And I think he's the best player on the field in this matchup, and I think that's the reason that PSG will walk away with it. But certainly, Chelsea are in a better position than when they went to PSG, which is hard to say, right, because mm -hmm. they, they lost the match, but they were in Paris, and they got the away goal. So now a 1-0 win at home secures the tie for them. Uh, so as long as they can hold strong in defense like you talked about, that's been a problem for Chelsea this year, finding a good center-back pairing. But I think, they, I think they do have a chance to win this one. I'm not going to bet on them. I think PSG is one of the best teams in the, in the Champions League. This is a flipped draw from last year. At this time, we thought Chelsea should run away against PSG, as good as PSG was. And I think Chelsea have come into form, but I still think PSG are significantly better. The irony of that is uh, Jose Mourinho's defensive schemes would fit perfectly right now, as they could probably park the bus and find a goal off a set piece. But we're going to switch things over. A lot of people saying Roma deserved to win this game over Real Madrid. Obviously, Real Madrid getting the 2-0 win off of Cristiano Ronaldo. Hashtag rip. That was a heck of a goal, and it came... It, you know, every team's Twitter account says that the goal came against the run of play, right? But this one really did. Uh, Roma had really found themselves in this match. They created so many good chances, and I think they were unfortunate not to be up at that point. But 
you can't allow Ronaldo to shoot the soccer ball, right? That's that's what you can't do, especially inside the box. He's going to take a few from outside, and there's nothing you can do about that. Everyone's around is going to score a special goal, but boy, uh, Roma Roma did play really well, but I mean they're out of it now. They lost two zero at home, and uh, as much as they deserved something from that match, they didn't get it, and it's over for them now. Uh, but I like the way Roma played. Uh, I thought they had a lot of fight. I thought that tactically they had a really good uh, answer. They, they created holes in that Real Madrid defense. But Sergio Ramos was really good when called upon, and that was the difference for me. Ronaldo going down the other end and scoring was, was always bound to happen. Words of that. Can't let Cristiano Ronaldo shoot the ball ever. 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 Anyways, moving over, we got Wolfsburg with a big win, 3-2. to two. <laughs> They were up 3-0, to zero, though, and gave up two late goals. How critical could this be in the next round? Yeah, those two late goals are, are really big for Ghent or Gent, or I'm not really sure yes. how you say it. But uh, Team starting with G. Story of the game is Julian Draxler. I don't know which goal is better. It's a, the most well-executed chip shot in the Champions League f- so far this season, but the first goal was just gorgeous. You can't, you can't score a prettier goal than that. He picks it up at half field, does one of the most incredible turns I've seen, and then... A nice little give and go and slots it in the corner. Awesome game from Julian Draxler. I, I think Wolfsburg will be fine. They're a significantly better team, uh, and they'll move on. And they'll be dangerous in the quarterfinals, I think. Yes, yeah, a very technically sound team. Another game that we're going to skip over, but Benfica getting the 1-0 one mm-hmm. over to Zanit. Uh, let's move on to talking about upcoming games next week. We've got Arsenal-Barcelona. Should be a pretty fire matchup, if I do say so myself. What can we expect out of Arsenal going up against the big dogs of Barcelona? I think you're going to see the exact same tactics Arsenal used against Bayern Munich. And essentially what that results in is Arsenal hoping for a good bounce here and there and keeping Barcelona out. Uh, I just don't think that ours, ours... I mean, they need Francis Coquelin to be as good as he's ever been. They have a recipe to, to cause this upset, but Coughlin can't take care of all three of those attackers, and I think that that's what it's going to come down to. Bellerin's pacey. He can keep up uh, with Neymar if need be. Um, but there's just there's just too much in that Barcelona attack. I just don't see any way Arsenal comes out of this after two legs with a win. But, again, they have the recipe for it. They beat Bayern Munich, and, and I think they can use the same strategy. When you're growing up against that three-headed dog, it's hard to uh, hard, hard hard to cut one head without getting bit by the other. Right. Moving on, Juventus taking on Bayern Munich. Do you think the uh, old lady of Italy is going to be able to take care of business, or is this all uh, Bayern Munich? Uh, it should be all Bayern Munich. Pep Guardiola is a tactical magician, and Max Allegri is the opposite. Um, Paul Pogba is just an unbelievable player. I think he's one of the five best players in the world right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And super, super dangerous guy. I just I don't think Juventus has enough talent or a good enough manager to overcome Bayern Munich and all the talent they have. All right, we're moving on to Manchester City. They've got an interesting matchup this week. Dynamo Kiev. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, this is pretty straightforward for City. If they can get the result at Kiev, they should be just fine. They're clearly the more talented team, but it's up to Pellegrini to continue his tactics, and it's up to Yaya Toure to show a little bit of motivation to win something. City could still win four trophies. That's absurd. Moving on, we've got time for one more thing. Uh, obviously, one more game. Atletico taking on PSV should be an easy game mm-hmm. for Atletico. We're going to get this done real quick. Barcelona can't afford their three stars anymore. Neymar, Luis Suarez, and the legend, Lionel Messi. Who are you selling if you have to sell one, Grant? If I have to sell one of them? Yep. I know it's crazy. I'm selling Lionel Messi. One, he'll Ooh. go for the highest price. Two, Neymar and Suarez are younger. and that, Well, that's what it really is. Neymar is going to be the best player in the world soon. I'm Salon Suarez. This has been 15 Minutes of Football Talk.